Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. Hello, Soul City. It's been so long since I've been able to connect with any of you and be in this room and be led by our worship team. I just want you to know that I miss that very, very much. And for those of you I have not met, my name is Nancy, and I've been a part of our church for about seven years now. And I love the mission of Soul City, to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. It's been so long since I've been in this space. My typical routine on Sunday used to be driving to church with my husband, Warren, and meeting our daughter, Johanna, here. Most often, we treated her to brunch after church because, you know, that is the love language for single 20-somethings free brunch. But like everything else this year, our Sunday mornings have completely changed. My older daughter says, COVID ruins everything. You know, mental health experts tell us that more than two in five U.S. residents are reporting struggling with mental or behavioral health issues associated with the pandemic. This includes anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, increased substance abuse. Many of us feel like we're lost in the wilderness that Pastor John taught about recently. You know, as adults, I think we generally like to act like we've got this. You know, we kind of rise above it, even if we're struggling inside. But children are way more honest than we are. I saw a piece on the news where a little three-year-old girl was sitting in her high chair and she just cried out, we can't go anywhere. That rings true, doesn't it? Last week, Pastor Kelly taught us about how we can choose to seize hope during the holidays, especially this year. She challenged us to lean into God's promises, to truly rest in the reality of hope. So what are we to do with however much hope we have? Do we just hold on to it tightly? No, hope is not for hoarding. Here's the great news. Hope is not a limited commodity. It never runs out. We find ourselves in a pandemic hoarding toilet paper and hand sanitizer, but our hope is not for hoarding. So today, we're gonna explore together what it means for you and I to actually share our hope, to become agents of hope. I can't recall an era in recent history where our world more desperately needs the hope of Jesus. You know, the coronavirus is powerful and it's fierce and it spreads quickly. We're astounded by how contagious and potentially deadly it is. But do you know what is more powerful than the virus and can also be a magnificent super spreader? Hope. You and I have the opportunity and privilege to share our hope. We have a superb example right in the Christmas story. We looked last week at part of Mary's story, and today we're going to explore how Mary exchanged hope with her relative, Elizabeth. We don't know exactly how Mary and Elizabeth are related, only that they are relatives. But here's a little background on Elizabeth. She was married to Zechariah, a priest, and they were both advanced in years, and Elizabeth was not able to conceive a child. The angel, Gabriel, appeared to this older couple and gave them astounding news that Elizabeth would bear a son and he would be called John. He would be the one to announce that the Messiah is coming. Well, this child grew up to be who we know as John the Baptist. 
The Bible says that for the first five months of her pregnancy, Elizabeth remained in seclusion. She knew all about what it means to quarantine. Meanwhile, the busy angel Gabriel appears to a young girl named Mary with, I think, even more shocking news. Mary, though she was a virgin, would give birth to the Son of God, Jesus. And then the angel gives Mary this information. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me according to your word. And then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord said to her will be accomplished. Well, then Mary sings her song of praise to God. And we're going to skip down to verse 56. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Do you see that tiny little word, with? During this pandemic, that word's meaning conveys something precious that we no longer take for granted. If you and I want to spread hope for the holidays, we must give the gift of our Christmas presents to be with. In fact, our presence is the very best present we can give. Did you see what I did there? Jarrett would be incredibly proud of my wordplay. We must give the gift of our presence. But how do we be with when we're living with so many restrictions? We're going to come back to that vital question. But first, there's more to the richness of this story. I believe that the angel Gabriel intentionally told Mary about Elizabeth so that they could give the gift of presence to one another. Both of them had their world rocked. You see, for Mary, a young unmarried girl who became pregnant, she faced the possibility of disaster at that time in that culture unless Joseph would marry her. She could have been cast off from her family, becoming a beggar or a prostitute in order to earn a living. Now, we don't know how her parents responded, but something compelled her to make a long journey to be with Elizabeth. Together, I think they explored the wonder of what God was doing. Elizabeth may have been very uncomfortable as an older mom going through pregnancy, I think the women probably imagined the future of their boys, John and Jesus. Is there any doubt how much their presence mattered to one another? I believe they model for us what it means to show up for others, to be an agent of hope. Now, a little further in the Christmas story told by Luke, we see some more agents of hope. This scene also includes angels, who proclaimed the birth announcement of Jesus to a group of very ordinary, humble shepherds watching their flocks at night. These plain, sleepy shepherds with no status, no power in the community, were chosen to receive the stunning news, guiding them to find a baby in a manger, the savior of the world. 
We're told that the angels departed and the shepherds decided to go find Mary and Joseph and the baby. Look at what happened next, again in Luke. When they had seen him, the baby, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. You see, these shepherds did not hoard their joy and their hope. They enthusiastically shared it, spreading the word like a virus out of control, telling anyone and everyone the really good news about Jesus. I think those shepherds are a tremendous example of what the Apostle Peter wrote years later, telling us that we should always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Be prepared to tell them where your hope comes from, Peter says. And he says, but do this with gentleness and respect. You know, as we spread our hope, we may have the opportunity to share with someone the source of our hope, to point the way to Jesus. Now, some of you may be wondering at this point how you can give hope when your own supply is depleted. And I don't know about you, but in the past several months, I've had days with a good measure of hope and other days when it seems really dark and like it will never be over. My husband is often my best resource for reminding me of all that we have to be grateful for. As you seek to receive the hope of God's promises, I would also encourage you to courageously tell someone if your hope is waning. Say that simple word, help and receive encouragement from another person. So my question for all of us today during the COVID Christmas season is this, who can you be an agent of hope for? I wanna challenge you to think of two names of people you know who might feel especially alone or sad or just plain stuck this Christmas. How can you choose to be with them either physically or virtually? As you're thinking about that question, I'm delighted to report that Soul City is filled with agents of hope. I asked some staff members to brag about some of the amazing stories in our church, hope givers, and I wish I could tell them all. It was a very long list. But I've decided to share just one. Let me tell you about the Keyless family who live in the South Shore neighborhood. Tim and Shelley have been an integral part of Soul City along with their three children. Olivia is 14, Ty is 12, and Annabella is six. Tim works as an artist and carpenter for a construction company, and Shelley is a counselor for the Mercy Home Ministry. But like many of us, they have faced huge challenges in 2020. Shelley's mom was diagnosed with cancer, and with the pandemic, their children were doing e-learning at home while Tim and Shelley were trying to work. Then in late spring, as we all know, protests and rioting surrounding the terrible deaths of George Floyd and others brought to light once again the racial divide in our city and in our nation. When some looters destroyed local businesses in their very neighborhood, the entire Keyless family went to some stores nearby to help clean up the mess. Shelley could see that many of these small businesses would never be able to reopen. And she began to wonder if there was anything they could do to help or make a difference. As Shelley looked out her window, she saw the long vacant lot next to her house, and she believes God gave her an idea. Even though the lot was filled with debris and required a massive cleanup, 
Shelley wondered if they could take lemons and turn them into lemonade. This began a journey that included a conversation with their alderman, cleaning up the land, and joining forces with four other women in the neighborhood who wanted to help. Here's a photo of their team. The vision was to create a space with small tents on summer weekends where local black-owned businesses could use that green space to sell their products. Tim designed a beautiful logo and signage and organized a crew to set up the tents. It became like sort of an outdoor mall on several weekends from July through Labor Day, with over 57 businesses participating. Take a look at this video that describes Lemonade Land. a small group of black organizers who put together a small pop-up shop for other black-owned businesses. So we decided that we were going to take our lemons, our financial inequity, and turn it into lemonade, our financial stability. And what you see here are black-owned businesses, small and micro, that are from the community. We're supporting ourselves, we're building ourselves, and we want you to come out and shop with all these beautiful and wonderful vendors. Follow us at The Lemonade Land on Instagram and on, at Facebook. We hope to see you soon. You I'm soon? so happy this happened. One of my absolute favorite parts of this story is that on the final weekend, local police came by to assess whether this event was aligned with COVID restrictions. After talking with Tim and hearing the vision, the police officers ended up shopping at Lemonade Land and supporting the vendors. How cool is that? Tim and Shelley and their team have a plan to reopen next June. And in the meantime, the vendors, now numbering over 80 businesses, have their products available online. You can check out their website at thelemonadeland.com. What a fabulous story of hope. Tim and Shelley and their team have truly made lemonade out of lemons as agents of hope right in their little corner of Chicago. They are super spreaders. Now I know what you may be thinking because I'm thinking it too. I could never do something as big as Lemonade Land. But let's not get overwhelmed by comparison. The big idea here is for you and for me to ask God where we can spread hope, even if it's in small doses. How can our hope be like an antibody or vaccine against the tide of darkness that threatens so many people this holiday season? Who can you spread hope to? I'm thinking of two different neighbors who each live alone and are older. In the past, I've dropped off homemade cookies for them, and I'm guessing they would appreciate it more than ever this year. Who lives far away from you, a family member or a friend, who you could set up a Zoom call with? I know it's tempting to cave into Zoom fatigue, but you could spread hope with a call to someone and let that person know how much you appreciate him or her. Make a list and set up your calls in the next couple weeks. We can't be with everyone physically this year, but we can still give the gift of our presence. Even if your own supply of hope seems small, you can still share it and watch it become magnified. 
In fact, did you know that in every single encounter you and I have, we are either delivering hope or diminishing hope. It's rarely neutral. We're either delivering some hope or we're diminishing it. I notice with my family and friends, I can choose to either focus on all the negatives of this season, all the bad statistics and the truly sad news, or I can think of some way to lift the conversation and focus on something more positive. We can either quench hope with our sarcasm and complaining spirits, which are also highly contagious, by the way, or we can choose to be a spreader of good news for a better tomorrow and for the gift of God's presence in the midst of us. After all, Christmas is when we celebrate Emmanuel, which means God with us. So City Friends, we also have a unique opportunity this year to spread hope by contributing to our end of the year campaign titled Hope for All. And a big part of that campaign is building a physical house of hope right on our campus where people from both inside and outside our church can come and find healing and practical next steps. Let's not allow COVID or the divisiveness in our country to rob us of our hope or to win the day. The hope that we have in Jesus is far stronger than the despair we see all around us. Even for those who have lost loved ones to the virus, we can bring them the gift of our presence and support. We can choose to be with. I wanna close with these words from Peter once again as a form of benediction. Always, he says, be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Would you pray with me? God of all hope, you are the source of light in the darkness. God, we pray that we would be super spreaders of that hope. We pray that you would bring to mind throughout the next couple of weeks individual names of people that we could step in and just bring a little good news to. Father, we pray for those who are especially troubled this season. We pray that they will not feel alone and that they will discover the wonder of Emmanuel, God with us. We thank you with all our hearts for Jesus, the source of our hope, and it's in his name we pray, God. Amen.